Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the pastor's study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and pastoral ministry from those with proven experience in Christian service. Our time together will be lively, sometimes controversial, always useful, and never dull. Welcome to the study of Pastor Bill Shishko. And this is Pastor Bill Shishko here with you. It's great to have you with us for another visit to the pastor's study. It was February of the year that I was to graduate high school. I'd been granted a scholarship to attend a a well-known university as a pre-law student. My college plans were set until the Lord turned my world upside down by turning me to himself. A, um, A most unlikely convert, I became a committed Christian. And in not too long a time, I met with one of my high school teachers who happened to be a pastor. He was the only pastor I knew. And thankfully, he was a minister who believed the Bible as the Word of God and who held to historic Christian teaching. Sadly, that's not true of all who bear the title of Christian pastor or minister. He began discipling me, and I will thank the Lord for all eternity for that time that he spent with me so patiently and, and carefully. Well, in the course of these meetings, the pastor expressed his concern that, as a very young Christian, I would be attending a college that would hardly be a good environment to encourage my new faith. So he suggested that I go to a Christian college. That was right out of left field. I had absolutely no idea what he was talking about, and remember that my plans for college were already set. I asked him what a Christian college was. The pastor explained to me that all schools have certain philosophies of education, ideas that govern the way the school or its various schools view the world and everything about it. I later came to learn that these were actually faith commitments, religious commitments, even if the school claimed not to be religious, particularly because I'd come to faith in Christ after toying with a lot of very weird ideas in that tumultuous period of the late 1960s, the wise pastor told me that it would be good if I could go to a college with faith commitments that would encourage me in my faith rather than discourage or actively oppose it. And the rest, as they say, is history. I ended up giving up the scholarship to what I'll simply call the secular college and instead attending a Christian college, actually a university, where I received both my bachelor's degree and my first master's degree. And in more ways than I could ever express to you, my life became, and is still today, totally different because of those years at a Christian college. I developed friendships with other committed Christian classmates who gave me a network of encouragement in my new faith. I was blessed with committed Christian teachers who became role models for me. I began to learn how to think about every academic discipline in ways that were faithful to the Word of God and that honored Jesus Christ. It was my introduction to the fascinating challenge of bringing every thought captive to Jesus Christ as the source of all truth. I grew in my communication skills in a school that put an emphasis on helping young people express their faith naturally and effectively in every calling in life. Through healthy extracurricular activities, I was able to develop my gifts in ways that 
formed me for my eventual work as a Christian pastor and as a leader. And last, but hardly least, I met the wonderful committed Christian woman who would one day become my wife and the mother of our six children. So as you can tell, I don't need to be convinced about the benefits of a Christian college. But (laughs) I want you to be And that's our topic for today's A Visit to the Pastor's Study, The Benefits of a Christian College. Now, it's not wrong to attend or let your son or daughter attend a secular college or university. I'm not saying that. But there are many, many benefits of attending a good Christian college. And I want you to think about that with us in the hour ahead. I'm, uh, I'm quite fascinated with the vast background and experience of my guest today on a visit to the pastor's study. Dr. Mark Hidgley has served as provost of the King's College in New York City since July of 2014. He also serves as professor of music at the King's College. Before that, he served for over 20 years in various capacities at another Christian college, Houghton College, in western New York State. And during that time, he also served as the founder and president of the Christian Fellowship of Art Music Composers. With over a quarter of a century of experience in so many parts of the world of Christian higher education, Dr. Hidgley is, well, to say the least, well qualified to help us think today about the benefits of a Christian college. So I want you to put on your thinking caps. Now remember that this program invites you and wants you to visit the pastor's study by way of your phone calls or text. Now to be on the air as part of the program, and don't be afraid of that, but if you'd like to be on air as part of the program, just call 631-955-5400. Again, that's 631 631- Nine five 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 four zero zero, or you can text your questions anytime actually during the week, but particularly for this program. Here's the text number five one six three six seven zero three nine one. Put that under Pastor Bill again. The number is five one six three six seven zero three nine one. And even if we don't get to use your text questions today. We will try to get to them in a future open forum. But for now, though, Dr. Mark Hidgley, provost of the King's College in Manhattan, New York City. Hey, welcome to a visit to the pastor's study. Thanks, Pastor Bill. I'm so grateful to be with you today. Thank you for your ministry, and I look forward to our conversation. Oh, I I am too. Now, now, Dr. Hidgley, enlighten us. What's a provost? That's a great question, Bill. I think that the... um, uh, it's it's a, certainly a traditional term that is uh, meant to denote the chief academic officer of a college or university, so the person who oversees the academic program, uh, supervises the faculty, um, has experience with imagining the best academic programs for that school and how they're going to be uh, enacted and sustained, uh, and typically uh, works very closely with the, the president uh, on on all the other aspects of the school as well. So it's, uh, it's um, I, I, I'm sorry to have to say it, but it's an important position for a college because it's the chief academic officer. It doesn't sound like you have a lot of free time. <laughs> well, it's a it's a great honor to be at King's. <laughs> sure, and we're going to hear more about the King's College as time goes on, um, Doctor Hidgley. Now, you yourself are the product of a of a Christian undergraduate college yourself. Tell us where that was, and how did that help form your views about the benefits of a Christian college? Well, I appreciate that question, Pastor. I uh, 
I certainly, um, as you did, had an interesting experience being a relatively new Christian at the time that I uh, was going to college, and so I, I chose a school that was uh, that was fairly near my my home. I'm from the Midwest. I'm from the Kansas City, Missouri area, and uh, so I went to a, a Baptist college, William Jewell College, which was just north of Kansas City, and um, it certainly, uh, as you said, uh, both from the curricular and co-curricular perspective, uh, helped to form um, my views about how to think, how to think in general, how to think about the world, how to think about each academic discipline, and certainly living in Christian community. So Christian academic community, which is what a Christian college is, is, is a very unique environment. I think a little bit later we can get into some conversation about how that developed over the centuries. But uh, um, So I, I thought you did a great job of... of um, outlining uh, the benefits, and we're going to continue to, yeah. to talk about those, I think. Yeah, when we get to it, that whole question of how we think about things is so important. And Dr. Hidgley, give us just a little history, if you will. Now, when we talk about higher education, which is college, university, graduate school, didn't that originally actually grow out of the Christian church or perhaps Christian community? Oh, absolutely. The, the higher education as we know it today was, was a product of, of Christian thinkers and Christian leaders um, from the time of the rise of, of, of Western civilization. So you go all the way back to the founding, for example, of the uh, University of Oxford in 1096. Even earlier, there were cathedral schools such as the one at the cathedral in Reims in, in France that eventually became universities. And they were there to, uh, to develop uh, religious understanding, biblical understanding, and leadership. Many times they also taught um, canon law so that, um, so that you know, the con- contribution of religious leaders to society could happen in different ways. They, are, they weren't all directly ministers. Some of them, as I say, were, were in government and law. And this, that extended uh, to the founding of the United States. Certainly, Harvard was founded in 1636 and Yale in 1701. Um, these were founded for the training of pastors and for religious leaders and for the general religious, uh, the general Christian um, perspective of leaders in society. My favorite, one of my favorite stories is um, that the original King's College, at least in the United States, was, you probably know this, maybe your listeners do too, but was actually Columbia University was the King's College when it was founded in 1754. And it, just like Harvard and Yale, had the um, intent of bringing Christian perspective to training of, of leaders and ministers. Yeah, of course, now, Dr. Hidgley, it, it's totally different. It's almost like when you talk about a religious school or a Christian school, you, you, you're supposed to park your brains outside the door. What's happened over these last, say, couple of centuries? Well, that's a great question, Pastor. You know, I think um, society evolved, or devolved, maybe, some would say. Uh, you know, that, that perspective of Christian truth, I mean, the, the university was founded in conjunction with the developing Christian church, if you will, because it's supposed to be uh, an un... Um, an unimpeded view of of what the medieval Christians called truth, beauty, and goodness, and this was at the heart of what education was. And those are those are aspects of God's character as well. So, 
what happened? Well, things changed in society. We had the Enlightenment, and while there are a number of incredibly important benefits to government and human rights and other things that developed out of the Enlightenment, we also uh, moved away from Christian truth as the basis for what it means to understand the world uh, appropriately. And so uh, what the Church was, was sort of the leading institution and as time went on and we got into the 18th and 19th century, um, the university itself actually started to become kind of a leading institution, and there was a rejection of the idea of, of Christian truth at the center of that. So there are, of course, lots of details to how that happened, but uh, the, the, the university as a secular institution has ended up taking the place of the church as, you know, in terms of being a thought leader a creative leader, um, uh, helping people prepare for society, etc. So, Dr. Hidgley, am I, I'm right then in saying that really a, a person's commitment uh, to a certain philosophy of education really is a religious commitment, even if that person might profess to be an atheist. Is that right, or is that an overstatement? No, that's that's a that's a really great point, um, Pastor Bill. Because, and I'm really glad you made it. Because the fact is that everyone operates from a perspective of faith, and certainly in the university. Um, and so, it's just a matter of what what the um, tenets of that faith are. Faith in what? If it's not faith in God, it's faith in something else. It's faith in science. It's faith in technology. It's it's faith in some other formulation of truth that doesn't uh, you know reflect timeless biblical truth. So yeah, it is a matter of faith, and we see that happening. People are very passionate about what they believe still in higher education. It's just that there's uh, an increasing disparity of, of views on that front. Now, uh, the, the, and I, I want to get into the. And let me just explain again to our to our audience, uh, this, is, this is supposed to be a call-in program. At least we give you the opportunity to call in and text your questions. Uh, the comments we get usually are people are, are always fascinated with the interview. My guests and I will get going and, and uh, somewhat forget you out there. We don't mean to do that. If you'd like to call with your questions uh, of Dr. Mark Hidgley, who is a provost of the King's College in Manhattan, 631-955-5400. Uh, 631-955-5400, or you can text your questions to Pastor Bill, 516-367-0391. Dr. Hidgley, before we take our break and and get to what you very interestingly call the the transformational perspective, um, maybe you can't generalize about this, but how how are Christian schools, your colleges, you've been at, at Houghton College, uh, Houghton College, I believe, is pronounced, and then also uh, the King's College. How how are these schools perceived by your your peers in, in the secular world? In in say nearby secular colleges, are you respected? Are you looked down upon? Are you are you are you given the cold shoulder? I mean, what's it like in that environment? Well, again, a great question, and I think a, a complex one, and one that's that's evolved again over time. Um, I think that uh, Christian colleges and universities today, especially in America, uh, have have taken seriously the need to uh, to do the best work intellectually, creatively, uh, and and simply to 
integrate that fully, or reintegrate it, if you will, with biblical truth uh, and with the Lordship of Jesus. And so, and so we are trying to be in conversation with the rest of higher education. And, you know, it varies widely depending on the area of the country and, the, and to some degree to the academic area you're speaking about. Um, but there's, there's some real antipathy, I think, towards the idea that there could be some overriding truth that didn't square with some other truth, you know, <laughs> that an academic might believe in in their area. Um, but, again, I say, I think, I think in Christian higher education, we've been trying to maintain the integrity of, of the full integration of truth, beauty, and goodness, uh, and be in conversation with our colleagues in other schools. And so that's, that's, I think, a priority for us. And in, if I could put it this way, name Christian colleges like the King's College, the academic standards are comparable to, if not better than, recognize secular schools, or am I asking too big a question? No, I appreciate the question very much, because, um, you know, the problem is that there's a perception that, that going to an, uh, a, a, a very, you know, historic uh, school that has a certain academic reputation or has a reputation of the graduates uh, means that you're getting a better education. But in fact, Christian higher education has been around long enough to show that we actually have just as good, if not better, outcomes. And I think, um, if I may say so, I think that's true the King's College. Our students are out there uh, making an impact. Our mission is for them, is to prepare them for careers within the context of a Christian worldview, to prepare them for careers in which they help to shape and eventually lead strategic institutions. And the, the people that lead strategic institutions are the people that make a difference, that transform society, as our mission says. And so, we continue to demonstrate, and Christian higher education continue, continues to demonstrate, that the outcomes of the education, in terms of the intellectual, moral, ethical, uh, and uh, creative development of students, are just as strong, if not stronger, and that their impact on society is stronger, too. But as you said, there are some headwinds, you know, working against sure. that in society yeah, as well. I've been astounded, just, of course, you're closer to the, to the landscape than I am, but I have been astounded over the years to see how graduates of, of Christian colleges, and we're not talking about something that's formed in the, <laughs> in the backyard of somebody's house, but, but well-recognized Christian colleges, how their graduates have thrived in business and in politics and journalism. It's really, really quite amazing. My, my guest today um, is, is Dr. Mark Hidgley who is the provost of the King's College in Manhattan in New York City. We're going to hear more about the King's College a little bit later. Uh, we'd love to have you call with your questions. Certainly we all have lots of them, Five ones, or 631-955-5400. That's the, that's the text number or the number to get on the air. The text number, 516-367-0391. Uh, just text that to Pastor Bill. We'll be back with more with Dr. Mark Hidgley and the King's College after this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. That great city, New York. Metropolitan New York is the largest city in the United States. And with a population of over 20 million people, Metro New York is one of the largest cities in the world. And what's more, Metro New York is home to people from every nation of the world. To reach Metro New York is to reach the world. But churches faithful to historic Reformation Christianity in the Metro New York area are few and far between. The mission fields of Metro New York are America's richest, 
most and most neglected. Reformation Metro New York is an agency by which the Orthodox Presbyterian Church is planting and developing biblically faithful churches and church ministries in the Metro New York area. Through Reformation Metro New York, you can help promote the outreach of this program, a visit to the pastor's study, and other projects designed to further the ongoing reformation of the church. That and church planting are the great passions of Reformation Metro New York. For more information, check out the website at reformationmetrony.org, where you'll get a personal look at the ministries of the churches, pastors, evangelists, and teachers of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in the area, and you'll learn how you can be a part of our labors. We need your help. Here's the site again, reformationmetrony.org. Thanks for your interest and your help. Remember that great city, New York. To reach Metro New York is to reach the world. Now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Pastor Bill Shishko here with you. My guest today, Dr. Mark Hidgley, who was the provost of the King's College in New York City and Manhattan. And we're talking about the benefits of a Christian college. The phone number, if you'd like to call with your questions, 631-955-5400. And also the text number, if you'd rather text your question, 516-367-0391. Let me just take a moment to thank the services of Redeemer Broadcasting. Uh, We are not only a live broadcast on WLIE here in the metropolitan New York area, 540 a.m., uh, but also the Redeemer Broadcasting Network very graciously simulcast these these programs for which we are thankful. Dr. Hidgley, um, you've, you've written about what you call a transformational perspective uh, as the most important and valuable benefit of a Christian college, and then you relate that to the Incarnation, God becoming flesh and dwelling among us, in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, for those of us who don't live uh, breathing the rarefied atmosphere of, of a Christian higher education, can you unpack that for us a little bit? Oh, absolutely, Pastor Bill, and thanks for the opportunity to do that. I think Jesus can and should be, you know, seen by the Christian community um, as, as our hero when it comes to what it means to be a human being. Um, the fact is, Jesus is fully divine, but also fully human. And part of that humanity, um, what some theologians have called the Imago Dei, the image of God in us, um, we, we need to be able to look to Jesus as our hero and as our example. And that's true in every sphere of life. You know, I'm reminded of a famous quote by um, Abraham Kuyper, who said, there's not a square inch in the whole domain of our existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus wonderful. is Lord of all, and yeah. he's Lord of our intellectual lives, he's Lord of our artistic lives, he's Lord of our political and economic lives, uh, and philosophical lives, and all the rest of it. So we need to see him that way. And, uh, and so uh, the incarnation of God in the flesh uh, as Christ, showing us what a human being is to, you know, is to be, uh, is, is is incredibly inspiring. I think um, not only for academics, but but for everyone. And so I think I think there's there's room for a, a shift or, or perhaps a revival in in understanding that Jesus is not separate from uh, these these areas. Okay. Well, let me let me uh, 
try to get get a little bit more specific about about this. Uh, your field is music. I was fascinated by your. I gather that that was your your major field in in college and graduate school, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, here you go. So, what is Jesus? How does Jesus transform our view of music? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I think, uh, of course, Jesus, as far as we know, wasn't directly a musician himself, but Jesus was a creative person. He, he was obviously an incredibly uh, astute philosopher. He was a very creative storyteller, an, inc- an incredibly effective communicator. And so these things all can be related to music in the sense that music is is a kind of communication. It's a kind of community um, experience. And and certainly um, Jesus's aim was to glorify the Father, as he said over and over again. And so we can again relate to him in, in the classic formulation of anything we offer uh, musically uh, should be to glorify God. And it also should be to uh, be an act of love. Everything Jesus ever did with his abilities was done in love, to glorify God and to love others. And music can be thought of that way, so that every act of, lo- of music is also an act oh. of love. I think, too, of course, this is Jesus in his pre-incarnate state, but in the Old Testament, in the, in the book of Zephaniah, uh, God, and Jesus is God, rejoices over his people with singing. <laughs> I wonder what, what that's like. <laughs> Fascinating. All right, well, okay, um, Dr. Hidgley, uh, okay, we hear, we've got to get really practical now. We hear people say that uh, college is about getting a good job when you graduate. So how do you respond to that? Well, I'm sympathetic to the um, sensibilities that prompt a question like that, because higher education is a huge investment today. Um, Even at the least expensive schools, it's still a big investment. And so there is something about career development that is at the heart of, you know, post-high school uh, education. But unfortunately, we miss a lot of what that was intended to be, and I think, frankly, what God intends it to be. If we, if we only focus on that and, and forget about this idea of what kind of a person are you becoming. Because in the end, your life is going to be defined and driven by your relationship with God and what kind of a person you become uh, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to put these two things together. In fact, um, the, 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 the more you work on your personhood in Christ... Um, the more likely it is that you're also going to be able to serve uh, effectively in your career, uh, in your ability to think and lead, and that's what we've been finding in Christian higher education. Yeah, for for me, I'm sure you had the the same experience. Uh, there was uh, there was at the at the university, the Christian university that I went to, the emphasis at every point was excellence. Whatever you do to God's glory is to be excellent, and that meant that you were to be, uh, the, as the old children's catechism put it, honest and industrious in what you did. It seems that, that <laughs> that's a benefit, tremendous benefit in, in itself. Well, all right, uh, and just for, for a moment, this is one of my favorite topics. Put in some words for liberal arts education as over against, I'm not against trade school education. I think that's great. But liberal arts education has really gotten a black eye today. Can, can you help take some of that black eye away? Oh, absolutely. I think 
it's an unfortunate, in some ways it's an unfortunate term because it's lost its original meaning. One, one president that I worked for previously used to call them the liberating arts, not the liberal arts, because today in America there's some political overtones to saying liberal, and I think that unfortunately has resonance for some people. But, but what it means is the things to, that you do that focus on your humanity and the kind of person you're becoming. And so this is why it's so important to relate that to Jesus and his humanity as well as his divinity, because... Um, and you know, what kind of person you're becoming is, is affected by the kinds of material that you interact with as, as you develop your reading, your communication, uh, your, even your ability to um, just to generally think logically, to do math. All of those things sure. that are part of the classic liberal arts uh, are part of, of who you become. And when they're integrated with biblical truth and with biblical worldview, um, then they take on the uh, characteristics that they were meant to have. Uh, Dr. Hidgley, maybe this is a stretch, but we, we live in a culture in which even understanding our humanity is gone. We've pretty much spent the, the, the capital of Christianity, and, and so, so people become just essentially uh, machines in many ways. Would that create a kind of a dehumanizing effect that would minimize the importance of learning things like music and art and so forth? Well, I think so, and it's very interesting because as technology continues to um, to progress, we see uh, an incredible amount of fear that human beings are going to be replaced by machines, particularly in their jobs. Um, and here's a, here's a place where I think... Um, the rest of the ed- higher educational world, the technological world, the business world, uh, is, is, is beginning to understand a little bit more this, this broader and better perspective. Because in the end, if you take away the humanity of human beings, then, then you know, why are we here? What are we doing? What's the, <laughs> what's the sure. point? And so um, it, it's not that we want to be anti-technology. We actually want to take technology and use it for uh, God's purposes, just like ha- has happened in history. It started with writing. Writing was a very important technology to the history of Christianity. Frankly, television and radio, here we are. Uh, <laughs> very important to the, to the development, of, historically, of Christianity and its impact. So, um, but if we lose our humanity, as I think you're suggesting in that, if we don't pay attention to it, then yes, um, we're going to lose our very souls. Yeah, one thinks of C.S. Lewis's uh, essay that was given, I, lectures given, I believe, the late 1940s, I think at either Oxford or Cambridge, that became the, the volume, The Abolition of Man. Um, anyway, well, um, we, we, this is my guest today, fascinating guest, Dr. Mark Hidgley, provost of the King's College in New York City, school about which we'll hear more. Topic is the benefits of a Christian college. Love to have your phone calls if you have your questions. I'm sure others of you have questions, other than I do, uh, 631-955-5400 or the text number 516-367-0391. Let's just take a moment to tell you about who's bringing today's program to you. Uh, It's presented here locally by a group of churches 
that are part of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. We have congregations in East Haddam, Connecticut, that's Harvest Church, and then in Hamden, Connecticut, that's Westminster Church, and in Mount Vernon, New York, where we have Westchester, OPC, and then in Fresh Meadows, Queens, where we have Reformation Presbyterian Church, and right here on Long Island, we have the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Franklin Square, and in Syosset, also known as Trinity Church, and the OPC in Bohemia. These are not the only faithful churches in the area by any means, but they uh, are concerned to give this outreach to you via WLIE Radio and Redeemer Broadcasting and other stations that uh, rebroadcast uh, the program. And so we'd like you to know about them. And if you're in those areas and you're looking for a church, we'd be honored if you check out those congregations. We have podcasts of the Visit to the Pastor's Study. We have quite a library on all kinds of topics of interest as we try to give a uh, what we call a magazine articles for the ear. You can get those at the website Visit the Pastor's Study. That's all one word, visitthepastorsstudy.org. And we also have a Facebook place where you can read about the programs coming up. Again, it's Visit the Pastor's Study. And if you'd like to email me with your questions, visit Pastor Bill, all one word, visitpastorbill at gmail.com. I so enjoy the email interaction with each of you, visit PastorBill at gmail.com, or you can feel free to call me in my study, 516-593-1507. My guest today, Dr. Mark Hidgley, provost of the King's College in, in New York City. We've given you the numbers, and we invite you to use them. Dr. Hidgley, okay, how do you respond to people who say that Christian colleges or any level of, of Christian education shelter people from the real world? Well, again, I understand um, how they've been led to ask a question like that, but the fact is that Jesus himself is, is the most real person that you know, has ever lived on the earth and that still lives you know, at the right hand of the Father. So God is about reality, and, and in fact, um, Christianity, as you know, Pastor, is about being the most real. And, and so what we've done is we've unfortunately... Um, cordoned off part of reality uh, and said and, 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 and sort of suggested that, that, that then Christianity isn't, isn't real or that Christian colleges shelters one from reality. I will have to say that there are benefits to Christian colleges that are removed from um, you know, cities, for example. Most Christian colleges are removed from cities. There's a kind of a funny... Um, quote about that that says that they're far, you know, they're fifth in sin. <laughs> and, but, a, but a school like the King's College, we feel it's like, we feel it's our special calling, a particular calling, to be in the heart of New York City. Yeah, you're and, within 50 feet of almost <laughs> every known sin. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, indeed. So I think that's, that's part of our particular message and our, and, our, and our program is to put the students to, you know, to, to, to work together in our community with knowledge, with wisdom, and with community and love as Christians, and then to go out there and really be in the real world, because I do think that's what Jesus is calling sure. us to do. Yeah, I, I've wondered even in, in the uh, Christian upbringing of our children, where we, uh, we ranged from uh, homeschooling, Christian schooling, and then the high school years to uh, uh, secular nearby secular high school. There was nothing else really available. Uh, but when people would talk about sheltering our children, my answer would be, well, 
if we live and move and have our very being in God, it seems that an education that, that doesn't make room for God is the, where they're sheltering people from reality. But uh, that's the New York, Dr. Hidgley. That, that's a, the best defense is a good offense. Okay, parents and students. And, and, okay, here's what they have in their mind, and I know you get this all the time. How much does it cost to attend a Christian college? And, and I think we've convinced people it, it's worth paying money for it, but how much does it really cost, and what about financial help at Christian colleges? Well, I think it's a, it's a perfectly legitimate and great question. Uh, a quality education is, is not inexpensive. Yeah. I mean, I, let's, let's just put it that way. To, to create the community in which learning can happen and which, uh, and frankly, whether it's Christian or non-Christian, uh, impactful indica- uh, education in which you are in that community and, and it transforms you is something that does cost. And so it, it costs about the same for a uh, good Christian, private Christian education. Of course, Christian colleges are, are private colleges. They're not public colleges. So that, that impacts this question. But so, so there, there is an investment to be made. And I think this is why it's so important to discuss the value of that and the final impact of it. Uh, and certainly we understand that those costs are challenging. And so, we, as you say, we, we speak to parents all day about, you know, here's the investment, but here's how we can help you figure out how to make yeah. it affordable because um, the investment is worth it. Yeah, I think that's it. Seeing it as an investment is is so important. If you look at it that way, then the the, the cost it, it's, it's not minimal, but but certainly bears fruit. Here's a question that that did come in: um, How about financial help at, at Christian colleges? I guess the person may be wondering if there's different standards for financial help at Christian colleges and secular colleges. No, I don't think there there are. I think that we, you know, we have our published tuition. Every school has its published tuition. There are the costs of, of being in residential housing and the costs of food and, and those other incidentals. Um, and then we work with every individual student um, and their family to um, figure out what their ability to contribute to that is, to invest, uh, and then try to find a way to make that possible through some combination of grants and loans, and, uh, and and just as you would, you know, with with any other investment in your life. And, and Dr. Hidgley, I, I, apropos of that, that question, I would assume there are people who are financially blessed who uh, who would like to help students. I realize that they, they can't, you can't do money laundering where they're helping one particular student and get a tax benefit. But but are there, are there ways, particularly at the King's College, that those who are committed to Christian education can contribute to a scholarship fund where the school itself would, would, would make the determination as to who gets those funds? Yes, indeed. Um, you can uh, certainly make five, you know, tax deductible. We're, we're a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, just like many other ministries and, and educational institutions. And so um, you, can make a, uh, you can make an undesignated contribution to us that's fully tax deductible. And you can also make a designated contribution, but as you say, and, and now here I feel like I may, be, I may be a little bit out of my depth uh, in saying um, how, how you would designate that for a particular scholarship, but, I, but as far as I know, you could designate your gift for 
financial aid or for scholarships right. without designating it to a specific person. Yeah, so I, yes, believe, I believe that's accurate. I, I think that's right. And I commend our listeners, when you're interested in, in, in this, as I hope you are, uh, this is a wonderful way to give to help the upcoming generation in its training. Okay, we've been waiting for this, Dr. Hidgley. <laughs> the King's College, I mean, this is, a, this is uh, to my knowledge, is the only Christian college, and it's right in the heart of Manhattan in New York City. Maybe you'll give us the exact location. But tell us about, if I could put it this way, the King's College experience. What's it like? Well, as you say, we are right in the heart of Manhattan, and that's the product of some very deliberate decisions over many decades. The Kings was originally founded in 1938 by famous um, radio minister Dr. Percy Crawford in New Jersey. It eventually moved to Briarcliff Manor, a suburb of New York City, and uh, and then unfortunately was not able to sustain itself uh, into the mid-1990s, and so was closed down. And then um, Bill Bright and Campus Crusade and a number of individuals that, that Dr. Bright worked with uh, had a vision for resurrecting Kings and in a very different way. So we call it Kings 2.0. Uh, <laughs> it, it was resurrected right in the heart of New York City, originally in the Empire State Building. And uh, Kings was in the Empire State Building uh, until about 2012 when we moved to our current location, which is at right in the heart of the Financial District, literally right around the corner from Federal Hall and the New York Stock Exchange, um, and so uh, and that, that the address of that is 56 Broadway. So we have a, a building there that we share with others, and uh, and we've been there for the, the last several years. Well, so, so well, tell us what your majors are in your your student population at present. Yes, we have about 550, uh, the equivalent of 550 full time students. When King's was, was restarted in New York City, it had 17 students. That was in 1999, and so, or sorry, in 1995. And so um, that's been an incredible amount of growth for us. We feel like the Lord is telling us that we're, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. At the core of, of our program is a kind of an interesting uh, thing called politics, philosophy, and economics, PP&E for short, uh, something that Oxford University um, put together formally about a hundred years ago, because there's the understanding is that these are three disciplines or three areas of life that really define uh, how we how we work together in this world and and how it impacts us. Philosophy, if you think about it from a Christian perspective, it's it's what we believe and why we believe. So you would add theology to that. But politics, of course, is how we govern ourselves and how we uh, work together for the good of society and economics. Jesus was very clear about this. What we think about our money and 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 our and how we reflect our priorities is clear in how we think about money. And so, we think as a Christian college, PP and E, politics, philosophy, and economics, is a good way to approach societal impact, which is what's at the heart of our mission. In addition to that, if I may just continue sure. briefly, um, we have something called media, culture, and the arts. And that, that's a very wide range of studies from uh, journalism to ge- media and communication in general to the arts, as it suggests. Uh, we also have a business and finance program, and there's a lot of exciting things happening there. Those were the PP&E and then eventually MCA and business and finance were the, 
were the main majors we've had. Over the last five years, we've added several more majors, uh, a little bit more specific. We've added religious and theological studies, which is apropos to us as a Christian school. We've also added a separate major in philosophy, one in English, one in humanities, which is a little bit of the best of media, culture, the arts, and politics, philosophy, and economics, and is aimed actually at uh, those who want to go into, um, uh, well, it, it's, it's pretty general, but it's also aimed at those who, who want to maybe go into education, teaching in private um, Christian and classical Christian schools, and that kind of thing, homeschool, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then the, our latest major is something called journalism, culture, and society. We've been blessed with some real investment in journalism and uh, some amazing Christian faculty who have been building that program. So that that major was launched on its own uh, just within the last eighteen months or so. Fascinating. Oh, so and and when you mention the number of students, do you have uh, we used to call them town students? I don't think they'd be town students. But but those say that don't dorm there. Do you do you have uh, students that come from say Long Island or or northern New Jersey or locally and commute? We do have some commuters. It's certainly not the majority. Uh, many of the students actually just come to New York City and, and actually um, end up finding their own housing. We provide housing for you know, a certain percentage of our students um, under a particular you know, set of arrangements. Um, we, so we do have some commuters, um, but it's not the majority. The majority of our students actually don't come from the New York City metro area. They come from other parts of the country, Amazing. Arizona, Florida, Texas, Pennsylvania, um, so it's an interesting. Well, fascinating. We have a call from Craig. Craig, we don't have a lot of time, but uh, good hearing from you today. What's on your mind? Well, I uh, wanted to say that uh, Christian colleges are good for the sciences, too. I have a, a bachelor's in engineering and a doctorate in physics and applied to a number of Christian colleges since I left Los Alamos National Laboratory and have done a lot of thinking about uh, philosophies of education and stuff like that. <clears throat> and uh, a Christian liberal arts education with uh, the sciences as well is a uh, very powerful combination. Wow. Oh, thank you, Craig. That's a great testimony. Good to hear from someone. The science is so committed to Christian education. Thanks for the call, Craig. Well, Dr. Hidgley, uh, why would someone want to go to the King's College? Well, I think it's a special calling, just that we, just as we feel like we're called to be in New York City, I think those students and families that come to visit us um, hear from the Holy Spirit. You know, this is the place to be. New York City, as you know very well, Pastor, is an incredibly important place for impact on transforming society. And so um, it is, it, but it's a huge challenge. And so I think we encourage students and families to pray about that, to think about the, the particular ways that we're trying to prepare students um, for impact and transformation on society, as, even as they themselves are being transformed and and we will we will work with you we will talk through with you the way that you know you see your calling and the vision for your career and how the foundational preparations that we can do with our majors you know will contribute to that i did want to say something just so that because of uh, craig who just spoke about the sciences that is one thing that kings has not 
committed itself to. We don't do natural science. Uh, that's not part of our charter with the state of New York. And that's a deliberate decision. We, um, we, we do, however, work with uh, schools, other schools in the area. And, in fact, I'm, it's one of my major projects right now to forge further partnerships uh, potentially around science and technology with some schools in the area. Yeah, which we have so many. Dr. Hidgley, give the contact information for the King's College so that as soon as a visit to the pastor's study is done, people can go on their computers and find out more about the school. Yes, sir, Pastor. Thank you so much. Well, the, the best way to find out about us is to visit our website, which is TKC, the King's College, TKC. Edu, and you can even email us directly from the website. It's, I think it's pretty clear once you get there how to do that. Or you can call us uh, at 888-969-7200, and we'll be happy to direct your call the best way. We'd love to hear from you. Well, thanks so much, Dr. Hidgley. Appreciate your time today. This is the section of a visit to the pastor's study that we call counsel from the pastor's study. Let me give you a short story uh, that has a big lesson. I was at that time chairman of the board of a local Christian grade school. Uh, We had a consultant who was from a public school background, a wonderful, committed, joyful Christian, and we would meet monthly to discuss various issues regarding the the faculty and the curriculum and the overall environment of the school. And I don't know exactly the issue that we were discussing at the time, uh, but as we were going over it, I was, as a pastor, as a minister, I was thinking it through theologically, as we would say. What does the Word of God say about this? And uh, the consultant uh, looked at me and uh, smiled in his own inimitable way, and he said, uh, Bill, with you, everything is a theological issue. To which I responded, that's because, doctor, his last name, everything is a theological issue. Everything is about what the Word of God says. And, and here was the answer, and, and here's the, the big lesson. He said, you know, what you say is true, but I've never been brought up to think like that. And there was remorse in his voice. This was a very fine evangelical Christian committed to Christ, but he'd not been in an environment in which he was made to think in terms of what the Word of God said about everything. I want you to think about the education of your children on every level under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Remember that the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and also it's the beginning of knowledge and understanding. That's in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, and Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10, and and so many others. And the Bible even says that to depart from God is to invite what's called a debased mind in Romans one twenty-eight, or futile thinking, uh, to be very blunt, worthless thinking. Now, if Jesus is the truth, doesn't it make sense that everything you learn in schools, which are meant to be about truth, should in one way or another be under the lordship of Jesus Christ? So, With that in mind, and hopefully that'll help you begin to think in the way our very wonderful uh, consultant had not been taught to think, parents, how are you bringing up your children in the child training and admonition of the Lord? That's literally the Lord's child training and the Lord's admonition, you being his instrument for doing that. How are you teaching your children to bring every thought captive 
to the obedience of Christ, which is the language that the Apostle Paul uses. Interestingly, speaking to the Corinthians, to the Greeks in his second letter to them, who were so very concerned with knowledge and with wisdom, uh, they were to do what we're to do, bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. How is the education of your children on whatever level how is that helping them so that whether they eat or whether they drink, they do it all to the glory of God? As Paul again tells the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and, and, and verse 31, that's what Dr. Hidgley was emphasizing to us today and the benefits of, of, a, of a Christian education, a college education in particular, is doing everything to God's glory. How's your education helping your children to do that? How are you helping yourself to do that? See, if the education of your children is the biggest investment that you make as a parent, and it is, is that educational investment for the kingdom of God, or is it for the kingdom of man? Uh, Is it an investment in something that will abide forever? Or is it an investment in something that's one day going to perish? Is it an investment just for this life? Or is it an investment for eternity? These are sobering questions as we think today about the benefits of a Christian college, as we think about Christian education, period. May the Lord probe your hearts and grant you all grace to give the wisest answers to these questions. Well, our thanks to Dr. Mark Hidgley, provost of the King's College. What a fascinating interview. Check out the King's College at uh, TKC, pretty easy, the King's College, tkc.edu, and you will get a better picture of that school. We would appreciate your feedback or your questions. Please email me. I'd love to hear from you. Visit Pastor Bill. That's all one word, visitpastorbill at gmail.com. Or you're welcome to call my study. 516-593-1507. You'll normally get my electronic secretary, but we'll get back to you in time. 516-593-1507. Remember, tomorrow's the Lord's Day, so be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that is faithful to the Word of God. Remember, too, that everyone needs a pastor. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you will bless every effort in homes and in schools on whatever level to help young people bring every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York. Our website is www.reformationmetrony.org. Again, that's www.reformationmetrony.org. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week at 12 noon for another edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.